be my negative guy. Welcome to the Terry and Jesse Show. My name is Jesse Romero. I'm here in Harvard, Illinois. I'm doing a parish mission at St. Joseph Catholic Church. I got a talk tonight at 5.30. Living in the state of grace, how to get to heaven. Then at 7.30, I have a talk in Spanish. Same talk, living in the state of grace, how to get to heaven. A lot of things I want to talk about. I want to get into the daily gospel as well. Just want to remind you that those of you that like the show, you can share the show by sharing the full link at vmpr.org. You can also find us on social media at VMPR Radio. And our YouTube channel is called Full Sheen Ahead. So sharing us with your friends and evangelize everybody you love, that's what it's all about. Remember, October is the month which the Catholic Church dedicates to the Holy Rosary. This is a devotion that Our Lady has asked us to pray frequently, daily, in many Marian apparitions. Too many to count. Uh, all the popes since the time of St. Dominic de Guzman have basically uh, said this is a something that every Catholic should be doing as part of their interior life and spiritual life. So just want to remind you about the importance of praying the daily rosary and keeping the Fatima message alive. Um, <clears throat> going to have a couple of interviews today. What's going to change the face of this culture of death or when men get activated? And men are becoming activated. You're going to hear the second segment from a friend of mine, Jim Havens, who just had a huge men's March for Life prayer rally in Boston, Massachusetts a few weeks ago. He's one of the main organizers. We're going to talk to him. This guy, again, he gets it. He gets it. He realized that the culture of death is going to be overturned and become the culture of life when men start acting like men and take over uh, their patriarchal responsibilities. The third segment, we're going to uh, talk to another guy that I have a lot of respect for. His name's Doug Conley, young guy here out in Phoenix, Arizona, the Diocese of Phoenix. He also had this large uh, Arizona men's rosary rally just a couple of weeks ago as well. And the theme was for life and fatherhood. Again, it's going to take guys to roll up their sleeves saying, I'm sick and tired of this culture of nonsense, of this culture of, you know, what is a woman, transgenderism, uh, you know, uh, having, uh, you know, these, uh, just just the infiltration of, of liberalism and modernism in the church and in culture. It's going to take men to stop this nonsense with a rosary in our hand, with Jesus in our heart, with, a, you know, knowing the word of God being formed intellectually. And so let's just jump into today's gospel. But before I do, and you got, you're going to definitely want to hear these interviews because it's going to motivate you. You're going to be inspired. You're going to say, man, I'm going to get in contact with these guys, and I'm going to do the same thing in my diocese. Okay. Also, something else that's happening in the diocese of uh, Bishop Strickland. There's going to be a rosary rally this Saturday. It's going to be a protest against unbaptism. Unbaptism is a pagan pride festival sponsored by, guess who? The Satanic Temple. They're now going to Bishop Strickland's diocese. They already hit the Phoenix diocese, and they did some damage, I think. So Catholics are going to gather this Saturday at 11 a.m. in downtown Tyler, Texas, at the corner of Broadway Avenue and Ferguson Street. Uh, we can't remain silent in the face of this, these diabolical attacks. 
There has to be Catholic response. Lay Catholics have to go out there with a rosary in your hand, with Jesus in your heart, living in a state of grace, and praying and projecting our prayers out into the cosmos. You know, sending forth God's word into the cosmos that God will do with our prayers, whatever he's going to do with them. Uh, but we have to at least go out there, show up for the game, and fire off our, our, our offensive weapons that are called prayers. And so uh, this Saturday, many Catholics are going to be praying the rosary. They want to take back the public square for our Lord and our Lady. And uh, they're asking for people to pray along with them this Saturday. If you have any questions about that, contact Rose, uh, the rosary captain, Trevor Tasson. Trevor Tasson. His number is 903-530-8088. Trevor Tasson's number, if you Texans want to get involved in this, and you should, his number is 903-530-8088. One more time. Trevor Tasson's number, he's the rosary captain for this, this Tyler Rosary uh, prayer rally against the satanic temple. It's called Unbaptism Pagan Pride Fest. His number, if you want to get a hold of him and get involved, and you should get involved, Texans, my brother, my, my Catholic Texan brothers, 903-530-8088. Also, here's a bit of good news in the, in, in the midst of, of, of everything that's happening in our country in this election season. After a month's long legal battle, SpaceX and Tesla CEO Elon Musk reached a deal with Twitter on Thursday to become the sole owner of the social media giant in a historic shakeup of the tech industry, according to multiple sources. So the deal, initially agreed upon in April, takes Twitter private at $54.20 per share, a roughly $44 billion transaction that the tech mongol Elon Musk <clears throat> has previously attempted to escape over claims that he was misled about the number of spammer bots on the platform. So as one of his first moves, guess what Elon Musk did? He reportedly fired several top executives at Twitter, including the CEO, chief financial officer, uh, and the head of the legal policy and trust and safety department. And so Elon Musk, he plans to give the pink slip to 75% of Twitter employees. <laughs> Praise the Lord. I think that's good news. The fact that there's going to be free speech again as per the Constitution. Hey, today's gospel, let me give you some soul food. Soul food. Luke chapter 6, verses 12 to 17. My wife laughs. She likes when I say soul food. All right. And that's what it is. The gospel is food for the soul. How do you get to heaven? It's all about the state of your soul. Well, how do you feed it? You want to feed it with the word of God. So today's holy gospel, we went to a holy mass today here, uh, out here in uh, Harvard, Illinois. Holy mass with a holy priest. Holy Novus Ordo Mass. It can be done right. Altar rails, communion in the mouth, kneeling down, uh, Latin antiphons and doxologies. It could be a beautiful Orthodox homilies. It could be done right. It's not done that as well in most places. Okay. Speak, Lord, your servant is listening. Jesus went up to the mountain to pray, and he spent the night in prayer to God. When day came, he called his disciples to himself, and from them he chose twelve, whom he also named the apostles. Simon, 
whom he named Peter and his brother Andrew, James, John, Philip, Bartholomew, Matthew, Thomas, James, the son of Alphaeus, Simon, who was called a zealot, and Judas, the son of James, and Judas Iscariot, who became a traitor. The gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Okay, number one, the first verse there, 12, I think is the highlight of the whole gospel. What did Jesus do? He went up to the mountain to pray. Jesus Christ in his humanity had to had to continue, or or should I say, he showed us by example what we have to do. Again, he's he's the second person of the Trinity. He has a face-to-face -face relationship with the Father. But in his humanity, as he emptied himself and became a human person, what he did, and he led us by example. If Jesus saw fit to get up in the morning very early and go out to pray, this is an example for us of the way we connect to God, we reach out to God, and we call upon God's graces upon us and our family. What else do we see? Something very interesting. So first they're disciples, but now he makes them apostles. Okay. So a disciple is a student of Jesus. That's what the word, word in Greek means, the Methetes, a student of the master. An apostle is now more elevated. An apostle is one who was sent out by the master with the authority of the master. And these 12, what is, what is our Lord doing here? Well, remember, the, the, the true religion in the Old Testament, Israel, Old Testament Israel, Judaism, it was comprised of 12 Jewish men, the 12 sons of Israel. That was uh, the true religion back in the Old Testament. Jesus here is now establishing the perfect and final religion, the final form of Old Testament Judaism, which is not New Testament Christianity. And how is he establishing it? With seven, with 12 Jewish men, excuse me. And these 12 Jewish men, Jewish men are called apostles. The Catholic Church is now the Israel of God. It's the Israel of God or the new Israel. The Catholic Church was started by Jews. Jesus is a Jew in his humanity. Our Lady is a Jew. The Twelve apostles are Jews. All the people that came from Jerusalem, when they heard Peter preach, those 3,000 people, they were all Jews. Catholic Church is, Jew is Jewish in its roots. Notice something also in today's gospel, something very interesting. Peter is always named first in the Bible. And Judas the Iscariot, the betrayer, who's in hell right now, he's always named last. Is that a coincidence? No, the Holy Spirit is the primary author of the Bible. Peter is named first. Judas is named last. And uh, and also today's first reading, very powerful. Uh, it talks about that, that our church is built upon the foundation of what? Not Europeans, not Americans, not Mexicans, not Ukrainians. Our church is built upon the foundation of the apostles. The Jesus Christ as the capstone or the cornerstone. You're listening to the Terry and Jesse Show. My partner Terry's doing some apostolic. Up next, we're going to have an interview with Jim Haven. He's the radio talk show host as well. And I want to talk to him about his successful Men's March for Life in Boston, Massachusetts. Uh, again, this is very inspiring. Richard, are we on a, a commercial? We're going. All right, we'll be right back. Stick around. Jim Haven's next. Welcome back to the Terry and Jesse Show. To join the conversation, call 888-526-2151. Now, here's Terry and Jesse. We're back the Terry and Jesse Show. My name is Jesse Romero. 
My partner's out doing some apostolic work. And do we have Jim Haven on the line yet, Rich? Check, check, check. Not yet. Okay. Uh, we're waiting to get Jim Haven on the line. Richard will notify me as soon as that happens. Got a lot of respect for this man. He's also a radio talk show host. But what he's done is he's started these annual national Catholic men's marches, uh, these rallies around the country, some of these big cities. And it's it's basically to energize Catholic men to say, we have to get involved in the pro-life movement. Uh, abortion is a man-caused problem. And Jim gets it. And his, and his, uh, his sidekick, Father Stephen Imperato, uh, both of these organizers, they're going around the country and they do an annual prayer rally pro, for with getting pro-life men with a rosary in their hand, with Jesus in their heart, with their mind formed by the word of God. They are starting these men's marches for life around the country. I know last year, Bishop Strickland, he participated in the march last year that Jim had. He just had the march October 15th, which is about two weeks ago. It was in Boston, Massachusetts. And again, he's one of the organizers. And this is, this is starting to take off around the country. Uh, he gets it. Jim gets it. People like Doug Connolly, they get it. Others get it. A lot of these men realize that without going, getting on our knees and, and beseeching the mother of God, the mother of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, we are not going to defeat the culture of death. So, Richard, you, you just let me know when Jim is on. I'll just, you know, keep on uh, catechizing God's people here. I want to talk about the rosary until Brother Jim comes on. The rosary, this most powerful weapon, the St. Father Pio calls the weapon, it was given to us in the 13th century by the Mother of God. Uh, really know what the rosary is? It's a miniature New Testament of the life of Jesus. That's what it is. Because when it's prayed and when it's meditated upon regularly and properly, it's powerful because meditative prayer is a high form of prayer. And St. Isaac of Syria says that meditation, it wounds demons. You want to wound a demon? I do. In the last 700 years, there have been some, there have probably been three great rosary victories that come to my mind. In the year 1214, our Lord appeared to St. Dominic, giving him her holy rosary. And she told St. Dominic, by propagating devotion to a rosary, that he would defeat the Albigensian heresy that was flourishing in southern France at the time. I mean, that, that was a form of, of, again, the old heresy of Gnosticism, okay, that's reared its ugly head. St. Dominic, he previously preached for three and a half years against this heresy without any success. And after Our Lady gave him a rosary, he preached devotion to Our Lady through her rosary. The heresy was completely defeated, and the Albigensian heretics returned back to the fold of the Catholic Church. This is why we call Our Lady, Our Lady uh, Crusher of Heresies. The second victory that comes to mind was in 1571, when all of the Christian Europe was saved from the threat of a... Ah, I see Jim. He is, uh, he is on the Terry and Jesse show. Tim, I mean, uh, Jim, can you hear me, my friend? I can hear you, Jesse. Can you hear me? I can hear you perfectly. Hey, I want to first congratulate you. You're doing a yeoman's job around the country with these rosary rallies. Um, I promise you, I'm going to get 
I'm going to get to one one of these days. Every time you have one of these rosary rallies, I have some commitment that I can't get out of. But tell us, two weeks ago, October 15, you had a rose, a men's march for life in Boston, Massachusetts. Can you tell us uh, some of the fruits of that of that event? How many men showed up? Was there opposition? Uh, was there any clergy there? Tell us about it, Jim. Sure. Yeah, it's been a uh, a work of grace, and we're just trying to to keep up with what the Lord is uh, given the good promptings to do. So we're just trying to be faithful and um, and do what uh, just do what we're supposed to do. So um, as men, we have to step up and lead. We have to face the reality of the situation that we're in. We've got a daily mass murder of our little brothers and sisters in the womb. We've got to see it for what it really is and think about okay, what is the right response. So this is one opportunity for men to really step up together. And we go right to the grassroots because, quite frankly, our religious leaders, our political leaders, they're not facing the reality and and leading on this. They're not leading on life. They're not demanding personhood now. And so as we're sitting here in the grassroots and we're like, we kind of just keep praying and keep waiting and we're, we're doing good work. But it's time to gather together and take some initiative on our own. So that's what we've been doing with these national men's marches to abolish abortion and rally for personhood. This last one in Boston on October 15th, we had about 500 men that ended up showing up. We did all our due diligence, as we always do, we had a full police escort. And um, we start off at the, uh, the abortion killing center, have some speakers there. Then we marched about three miles in front of the Massachusetts State House. And we did have opposition in in Boston. All along the way, we strangely had a group of, of folks, young people that were dressed up as clowns and were playing musical instruments as if they were in some sort of clown marching band. And they were about 50 yards or so in front of us as we marched. Very strange, right? And then, uh, then we get to the rally point and then women join us at the rally point. Any families, children, they all join in. We do encourage men to march with their sons of whatever age uh, throughout the entire time, but then we welcome everybody to come in for the rally. But then just beyond the barricade that the uh, local law enforcement had set up for us, there was about a bit, a bit of a buffer zone. And then as close as they could get to us, those uh, clown, the folks dressed as clowns, they were hanging out, playing their instruments and stuff. But then came in a big group, uh, you know, pseudo military Antifa type saying, you know, they proclaimed themselves as Antifa um, with all the usual garb and uh, all the usual bad behavior and, and, and bad words and all that. So they were uh, they were pretty obnoxious and boisterous, but it really didn't deter anything that we were trying to do. We got our message out. Our speakers spoke. We proclaimed the truth about the scientific fact, not the religious belief, the scientific fact that life begins at conception fertilization and the foundational moral truth that we shouldn't be killing innocent human beings. It's really that simple. And so this truth needs to be proclaimed loud and clear over and over again. So we got that out along with many other truths that were appropriate, including the truth of fatherlessness in our society, the need for men to step up. I mean, all those young people that were there, even the Antifa folks, all that, it's all an epidemic of fatherlessness, quite frankly. So, um, so one of the, the fruits that are from this are amazing. This is a good thing just to do in and of itself. But it does seem very clear God's got his hand on it. We wouldn't do it if we didn't believe that. And we weren't just believing that this is his initiative. We're just striving to be faithful to it and invite people in. 
but the men, the fruits that are occurring are absolutely incredible. Um, men are being healed. Men are being strengthened in new ways. I really see men are being set free more and more as they're stepping out in the public square to proclaim the truth on this. And they can sense that they are, they are taking on their rightful role in society. And there's something very powerful about doing that and tasting that and, and, and then realizing that um, this is not difficult. We just have to go and do it. And we just have to have opportunities put together like this. So thanks be to God for the, for the grace and for all the men that are participating in it thus far. And, and I think their testimonies say it all. But yeah, the healing, the strengthening that is going on, it really seems to be like a movement where this brotherhood is forming. Men are coming from all over the country and they're not just coming to one of these events, they're coming to every single one once they go to one. And the camaraderie and the brotherhood that is building um, all as we're stepping up for the least of these, there's something very, very good going on. I just want to invite everybody to come join us in Baltimore. If you can do whatever you can to be there, November 14th, it's a Monday. It's the first day of the USCCB conference in Baltimore. We have a letter out to every single bishop inviting them to come and join us to pray the rosary at 1230 outside the hotel that they're staying in, which is where our rally is. We need as many men as possible, really as many people as possible to join us in the rally but as many men as possible to join us at that initial starting point in front of the Planned Parenthood Abortion Killing Center there in Baltimore to do that march with us. Last year, Bishop Strickland came out, marched the whole thing with us. Um, so we'll, we'll see what's going to happen. Uh, it's, the Holy Spirit is, uh, is at work in all of this, but the biggest thing is, is the opportunity here to get the word out for people to hear about it, because when they hear about it, so many are convicted and they just know they've got to do whatever it takes to be there. So themensmarch.com for all the information. If you need any further information, themensmarch.com. Excellent. Yeah, I was going to ask you for the website, mensmarch.com, mensmarch.com. So the next rally, give it to us. It's November 1? November 14th. Okay. So it's a Monday and yeah, just take off a, a day of work and, and make it happen. Two days of work, if you need to make it happen, this is important and you will be, you will experience, I believe, great blessing in doing it. And, and I do want to put a call out, um, Jesse, to you and, and people like you, because this is the sense that I have is that as we've been, um, we've been inviting different featured speakers as we've been doing these events. And that's really, the, this is very grassroots. We have no formal organization around this. Uh, really, it's the Station of the Cross Catholic Media Network that is a huge supporter on this. Um, you know, a lot of other, a couple other Catholic media um, companies have, have helped us some in getting the word out, like LifeSite News and Church Militant. We're very grateful for all of that. But this is just a loose grassroots network where we're just inviting people in. And so we pass the hat only a little bit just to cover the cost of those featured speakers. Um, but even for this event in Baltimore, we're going to do it a bit different. Because there's this sense that, um, you know, we're inviting people in to be a featured speaker and, and we'll have some a couple speakers lined up, but it's much better, I think, if people are just naturally coming, naturally joining in. And then we're going to yeah. see people there and we're going to say, hey, why don't you come up for a few minutes and say a few words and let it kind of build like that? Because it's weird. You invite a speaker in and then the next event, 
Um, you know, it's like, do we keep inviting, we have to keep inviting all the featured speakers back, or I want to just put the invitation out there. Like if you're somebody who is a, a, a Catholic speaker, so you're kind of on a different level in a certain sense, in terms of, uh, you know, what you do, how you, you know, put your time forth and, and all of that. And, and yeah, you, you have to, it's part of your ministry and being compensated and everything, but I just want to invite you to just come out as a regular man in yeah. this and be shoulder to shoulder with the men as we march. I mean, what does that do for a guy to look over and he sees Jesse Romero marching with him? You know, like th this hey, is, it's powerful. Send, well, you, you send me all the information, text me all the information so I can look at flights right now. Cause uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure I'm open that Monday. I'm almost positive. And if not, I'll make sure that I just uh, clear everything. And there's a good friend of mine that always goes out to your event. You know, his name's Jose Robledo. He flies mm -hmm. off from California. I'll just call up Jose. I'll say, hey, let's meet up over there and stuff. And uh, I'll just bunk with him in a hotel. So send me all the information, Jim, because I like what you're doing. And uh, that sounds like a perfect date for me to be out there with you guys and pray the most holy rosary and get to meet you guys personally. Absolutely. Give, awesome. Give us, the web, give us the website again. Yes, it's themensmarch.com, themensmarch.com. And give us the, uh, the dates one more time. Yep, it's Monday, November 14th, the first day of the USCCB meeting. So again, if you if you can see the uh, the need to, to, to strongly invite the bishops to step up on this, this is the time where we can organize and do that. Got it. Jim, thank you very much. God bless you, brother. We're going to see you in two weeks. Welcome back to the Terry and Jesse Show. To join the conversation, call 888-526-2151. Now, here's Terry and Jesse. We're back. I got my friend Doug Connolly on the line. Doug is, is uh, one of those Catholic... Not only is he a serious Catholic man, but he's a Catholic activist. And I'm telling you, this guy just... Uh, he motivates people to step out of their comfort zone and to, and, and, and to go into the public square and take up space for Jesus Christ and Our Lady. Doug, welcome to the Terry and Jesse show, my friend. Thank you very much for having me. And let's see if I'm a Catholic man who can properly use Zoom. So. <laughs> hey, uh, just want to congratulate you. Doug and me, we're both for the Diocese of Phoenix. Doug is the main, he's the engine behind anything pro-life in the Diocese of Phoenix as, as it relates to males. Doug is right there. And he's, he's you know, a challenging man and we got to do this and you got to step up and you got to show up. I know, uh, I think it was last weekend. I was out of town speaking somewhere. I wanted to be there, but I know you guys went a bunch of Catholic men from the diocese of Phoenix, went to the Arizona state Capitol and, uh, you guys prayed the Holy rosary. I saw you guys were on your knees. You were spread out like in platoon formation, like an army platoon, uh, in front of the, uh, Arizona state Capitol. Tell us about that day, about how many guys showed up, uh, from what time to what time were you guys there, uh, uh, what ages were the people were there, uh, and have you seen good fruit coming out of this, Doug, as you continue to invite men, you know, through Telegram uh, and, and asking men, hey, we're going to go be praying in front of this abortion clinic. Tell us a little bit about what got you in, started in what's called the A-Team, which is these Catholic men from Arizona that are just uh, 
they, they're just energized to go and pray the Holy Rosary in front of abortion clinics. Tell us how the A-team got started, Doug. Sure. Well, it started with my parents, Ed and Antoinette Connolly, because they gave me the values to this, the, the strength, the motivation to live out my values. My dad, actually, as we speak, is finishing out a two-hour shift in front of a Planned Parenthood in um, suburban Detroit, belly of the beast. Very, very, very evil laws are on the ballot in, uh, in Michigan. And my, you know, my parents are my heroes, and they, they raised us during a very tough time to be Catholic, and I'm grateful to them. And the key to the A-team, I'm, I'm in the center of it, but I, I admit, but I'm one of a lot of people in the center. And there is just, the key is like, there's people who are more bold and out there than I am. Uh, and I am just, I, what I did though, is I started inviting people to pray in front of the clinics. I did a lot of praying in front of clinics for years when I lived in Austin and then uh, here when I started out in Phoenix. And it wasn't until the summer of 2020 when I started inviting more of my friends and, uh, and pulling them in that we started to realize that we started to see real fruit from, from this. And I'm not, again, I'm not claiming credit for it. I'm just saying that once we started collaborating and communicating and I pulled my friends in, in and they pulled, we pulled each other up and we started, you, we used the, the hysteria around the pandemic to, uh, you know, alleged pandemic to, to coalesce and to you know, get together on the same page and make it a communal aspect, a communal event. Gradually, the A team grew from just you know there was just six guys who wanted to show up and support um, a pro lifer named Lynn Dyer who li who lives here, who does a lot of great work praying in front of one of the clinics where there's a particularly um, there's a just particularly difficult pl clinic to pray in front of that since sort of moved, and we wanted to support her at least you know for, for a, a little bit here and there and uh, gradually grew and now we've got 60 guys who are in it basically existing as a telegram group and then from this one of the men it wasn't me suggested we do a rosary in front of the capitol like they did in argentina this summer uh and so we did one in july and then uh we did another one just this last weekend we had about 50 guys each time uh this last weekend we had probably the the youngest was seven i know i brought my uh 13 year old son others did the same oldest was probably 80 uh, and uh, it was led by our priest, Father Michael Michael Paso at Modern Misericordia, St. Ed's, who's a good friend. He and I are on a first name basis. He calls me Doug. I call him Father. And so, it's been, <laughs> and so, uh, so it, it starts there. You know, pulling in friends. You know, and also collaborating with your priest, coordinating with them. And it was it was a great event. So I'm sorry you couldn't be there, but I know you're out there doing the Lord's work. Yeah, um, uh, I, I pray with you guys in spirit whenever I when I can't be there, but. Doug, I think it's a brilliant idea, and this is an idea for any, any Catholic man from any diocese that's listening to the show right now, is the way you use Telegram. It's just an app, and, uh, you know, you've given it a name, the A-Team. And so you invite Catholic men, say, hey, if you're interested in coming out and praying with us, we want to put you on this, uh, your name on this app. And this way you're able to communicate and send a message, hey, we're going to be uh, this next month, we're going to be in this location from this time to this time and at this location. That's brilliant because that makes it easy. And you can go back to your phone and say, hey, where are the guys going to be at this Saturday? Hey, I'm open this Saturday. You know what? I need to be there. Uh, I think this is something that should be utilized around the country by any Catholic man. Guys, use the Telegram app or, or Signal app, whatever you want. Get a bunch of serious Catholic men and keep recruiting, recruiting. And then set up a schedule, you know, when you guys want to meet and, and to go pray somewhere in front of an abortion clinic or in front of the state capitol, just like Doug's doing. 
That was brilliant, Doug. And uh, I'm just glad to be on the app, uh, although most weekends I'm out there preaching the gospel somewhere. But, uh, you know, something very interesting about the state motto of Arizona, our state motto, it says, Didat Deus, which means God enriches. And so uh, the, the left, the secular humanists, they try to remove God out of society. But I like the fact that, again, you guys, men in general, Catholic men, we're trying to bring take space in the public square, bring our lady and our Lord in there, and you're just doing a you're just doing a bang up job. And I was glad to see that Father Passel was there. It's always good to see a priest there. I mean, they're busy. I get that. You know, Saturdays especially is a busy day for them. But when they make the effort to go out and pray uh, with a lot of Catholic men, uh, that's a game changer, don't you think? Oh yeah, that definitely inspires us. And if you, you know, again, if you think the glare off my head is bright, imagine the the, the Holy Spirit's, you know, staring at the face of God, and you're going to be accountable for what you did and what you didn't do. And so, when having a priest in there, it's so it's it just makes everything better. It gets everyone a little bit more motivated to work. And again, my main. Uh, contribution to this was not standing in the way of a good idea. We had uh, we, we had one member, uh, Mark, of our group who suggested it this summer, and we just decided it was time for another one with the election coming up so close. And we, uh, um, again, it's it's great. I lost Doug here. He, he, it, uh, he froze for some reason. You're listening to the Terry and Jesse show. I got Doug Conley on right now, and uh, we're talking about the incredible AZ Men's Rosary Age. Rally. Ah, there you are. Yeah, you just, you froze for a second. Oh, sorry. Uh, the, the, our biggest enemy is my internet, so sorry. <laughs> hey, hey uh, Doug, uh, this is, again, this is something that's lay-led, which is a good thing. Uh, again, as Catholics, we don't have to ask permission as lay Catholics to go out there in the public square and to take up space for Christ and Our Lady and to pray the rosary. Now, it's good to let your, your pastor know what you're doing. Obviously, you have, it's good to have a good relationship with your pastor. But again, just technically, in case people are wondering, do I have to ask my pastor? No, you don't have to ask your pastor, okay? Uh, in fact, the, the vocation of a lay person is exactly what Doug's doing. When you read the documents of the church, the lay vocation is to sanctify the temporal order. That's the streets. That's secular society. The priest's vocation is to dispense the sacraments in the sanctuary and in the church. Now, that's good when the two can come together, when priests can go out there into the streets with us, and that's good. And that's also good, the fact that, you know, lay people uh, uh, are, are trying to help out Father and whatever he needs. But the fact is, what Doug is doing, and, and Jim Heyman, a lot of these people around the country, this is exactly what the church calls lay men to, to make holy the temporal order, the secular society, and the best way to do it, a lot of the saints say the best way to do it, uh, St. Louis de Montfort says this, uh, St. John Vianney, they say that the best way to do it is public rosary uh, rallies, public rosary rallies. Any comments, Doug? Yes. And first, I also have to thank our wives, my wife, particularly Jessica, for allowing us to go out and do this and taking care of the home so we can go and do this publicly. And the public, I know, uh, it's, you know, tradition, family property has a lot of uh, American Eats Fatima, does a lot of public rosary rallies. That's great. 
but it's more it's easier and more powerful if instead of relying on someone from uh, a faraway place to tell you to go do a rosary rally you get to end being paired with a bunch of people you may or may not know gather your friends there's at least one other person who you know who is willing to do it it is so much easier if you're not a lone ranger you need to be communicating with other men catholics are not necessarily good at walking up to other Catholics and saying, will you be my friend? Now, obviously we're, we're better than that, <laughs> but Protestants know this, Protestants are taught this, they are taught to socialize. Catholics are not, but I'll tell you this, the same rules that, that allow Protestants to go and, and form community easily, they work on Catholics too, we're just a little crustier sometimes, but public rosaries, yes, in front of an abortion clinic, in front of the Capitol, it, 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 is, it is key. And you know what? Hey, look, if you can't go out there with 50 of your friends armed with the, you know, the rosary, the most powerful weapon, and, you know, maybe some of them have a few other weapons as well. But the point is, if you can't, you know, gin up the courage to do that, then, I mean, come on. I mean, these are, these are your buddies. They're there with you. And, and there was, there was no one else there anyway. You know, it was, it, everyone was, it was great. We had, we had time, we had space. We weren't looking to go to a time when no one, no one was there. So we went at 9 a.m., you know, mid-morning, not, not too crazy, but also we're not doing it in 5 a.m. when no one, no one for sure will see us. So. Right, right. Yeah, well, good job. Hey, Doug, will you be my friend, by the way? I will definitely be your friend. I will continue to be your friend. I'll be, I'll be anyone's friend. So. <laughs> <laughs> hey, uh, Doug, you're doing, you're doing great work. Uh, I'm, glad, I'm glad I'm on that Telegram app. Um, I'm glad that I've met you guys, and uh, I'm glad we're in the same diocese and fighting the good fight alongside each other. God has, has us in different foxholes. But uh, we're all tracking in the same direction, and I'm sure glad that you're leading the charge because uh, uh, you and some of the guys that are on the A team are doing darn, I won't say the other word, you're doing darn good work in the Diocese of Phoenix. Just stay out of the way of the Lord and you know, let other people pull each other up. That's what I'm trying to do. Lean on other people. Let them lean on me. And, and like you said, yeah, like you said, also thank our wives for allowing us, for allowing us to do what we do. We couldn't do it without their without their permission uh, you know yeah hey thanks doug god bless you have a great weekend talk to you soon thank you god bless Bye. welcome back to the terry and jesse show to join the conversation call 888-526-2151 now here's terry and jesse Hey, if you like what you hear, you can support the show by sharing the full show link at vmpr.org. You can also find us on social media at VMP Radio. And our YouTube channel is called Full Sheen Ahead. Kind of a, uh, take a, a spoof on Bishop Fulton Sheen. Full Sheen Ahead. So you can share us with your friends and evangelize everybody you love. Don't forget that October is the month of the Holy Rosary. As Catholics, we should be praying the Rosary every single day for the rest of our life until we drop dead. Hey, by the way. Have you heard that there's a new movie that just came out? And, and today's the last day for free viewing. It's called The Real Anthony Fauci Movie. Yep. I don't know about you, but this man has outraged me for the last two and a half years. And uh, because this man has obviously politicized and weaponized medicine in America against good Americans. But uh, again, here's some good news. The Anthony Fauci movie is now available for free viewing. And tonight's the last night that you can watch it for free. 
If you go to the show page, dmpr.org, you can get the link for the article and you can click on the free movie of Anthony Fauci. It was done by Robert F. Kennedy. Mr. Engineer, we have a short clip. Can you play the clip? secrecy is repugnant. The dangers of excessive and unwarranted concealment of pertinent facts far outweigh the dangers which are cited to justify it. This book is a product of my own struggle to understand how the idealistic institutions our country built to safeguard both public health and democracy suddenly turned against our citizens and our values with such violence. I am a lifelong Democrat whose family has had 80 years of deep engagement with America's public health bureaucracy and long friendships with key federal regulators, including Anthony Fauci, Francis Collins, and Robert Gallo. Members of my family wrote many of the statutes under which these men governed. They nurtured the growth of equitable and effective public health policies and defended that regulatory bulwark against ferocious attacks funded by industry. I built my own alliances with these individuals and their agencies during my years of environmental and public health advocacy. I watched these figures often with admiration. Quite on set. Speed. Take but I also watched how the industry, supposedly being regulated, used its indentured servants on Capitol Hill and its financial clout to systematically hollow out those agencies beginning in the 1980s, disabling their regulatory function and transforming them into sock puppets with the very industry Congress charged them with regulating. I explore the carefully planned militarization and monetization of medicine that has left American health ailing and its democracy shattered. I chronicle the troubling role of the dangerously concentrated mainstream media. You're really attacking not only Dr. Anthony Fauci, you're attacking science. Big tech rubber barons, the military and intelligence communities, and their deep historical alliance with Big Pharma and the public health agencies. The disturbing story that unfolds here has never been told, and many in power have worked hard to prevent the public from learning it. The principal character is Anthony Fauci. Real Anthony Fauci. Definitely want to thank Robert F. Kennedy Jr. By the way, he's a Democrat. But it goes to show you, again, just like Tulsi Gabbard left the Democrat Party, um, there are some Democrats, not many, that have common sense. And that uh, Robert F. Kennedy would be more of a Kennedy Democrat, the Kennedys of the 60s. Uh, He's not a woke Democrat. And so Robert F. Kennedy, Kennedy Jr., in collaboration with the Jeff Hayes Films, they released this version. You just saw a three-minute video of uh, of the movie that's that's called, or the documentary that's called the the 
the Anthony Fauci movie. It basically, or the real Anthony Fauci, that's the name of the movie. Uh, it's also a best-selling book. It's called The Real Anthony Fauci, written by Rob, Robert F. Kennedy Jr. He's also uh, detailed the extent that Dr. Fauci's, his influence on global public health, especially during the time of the declared COVID pandemic, scandemic. So currently the movie is available right now for free at the film's website for a limited time. So you can watch it tonight for free. Tonight's the last night. The film is jam-packed with information about the life of Anthony Fauci and his role in the transformation of public health into a veritable pseudo-governmental infrastructure that has now decided public policy for decades. And that's a problem. The, bill, the film begins with a summer event of two, 201. It's, it's it, with, a, with a summary of event 201. Okay. Event 201 was a pandemic response exercise that took place just weeks before the advent of COVID-19 in the public discussion. So that event, event 201, the film recalls it was sponsored by, guess who, the World Economic Forum, the Gates Foundation, and the CIA. They all had a hand in its operations. So the notion of fighting misinformation was a central theme at the pandemic exercise, as, as was the idea of asymptomatic spread, a rushed vaccine, and many other things. So Robert, Robert Kennedy Jr., in this film, he portrays the event as something like a simulation for what was to come with the declared pandemic just a couple of months later. So showing the unprecedented response to the coronavirus, the film showed a montage of the various media campaigns that appear engineered to get everyone to think in the same manner about the virus. Kennedy believes that this was done to stoke fear among the populace. I agree, of course. At one point, he remarked, Kennedy said, when people get fearful, their capacity for critical thinking gets disabled. Absolutely true. And then in came Fauci, Dr. Fauci, portrayed by the media as the cool, calm, and collected scientist, as opposed to the vilified and bombastic, uh, mean-tweeting President Donald Trump. However, mRNA vaccine tech inventor, Dr. Robert Malone, he said, quote, in comes Tony Fauci, the savior of the West, close quote, of course, tongue in cheek. So the overall thesis of the film, as in the book, written by Robert F. Ref Kennedy Jr., is that Fauci has been on a decades-long quest to be something of a czar of public health, both in the U.S. and abroad. Highlights of his time working in public health during the HIV-AIDS crisis are shown. And Fauci can be seen recommending something like social distancing as a preventive to contracting HIV even back then. This documentary film notes that the narrative on the HIV-AIDS was woefully incorrect, as was the narrative on COVID. As he did then, Fauci has remained obstinate that he has done nothing wrong, even in the face of severe criticism from colleagues and other scientists. Another point the film makes very well is that Fauci has a history of jumping on the bandwagon 
of expensive and highly toxic medicines as treatments for diseases. Fauci just ignores the devastating harm to life and health and ignoring and or belittling and suppressing far safer medicines that can be repurposed for little or no money. For example, this is played out in the present day with Fauci's reluctance to recommend safe and effective COVID-19 treatments like hydroxychloroquine, which has saved many people's lives, ivermectin, which cured me and my wife. And instead, Fauci recommended highly dangerous and expensive remdesivir, as well as a now proven dangerous COVID jabs. I, I, just to be honest, as a, as a Catholic theologian and apologist, Fauci is part of the Luciferian left globalist who wants to depopulate the world, period. This film, exposing the real Anthony Fauci, is packed with loads more information about Fauci's professional life and how his endeavors climax in his massive influence over the world's response to COVID-19. So those interested in watching the whole thing can do so today if they act quickly as the film will only be free until tonight, April, October 28th. Uh, and, and Fauci, uh, unfortunately, he even has influence, not only, not only on politicians, Fauci also has influence on a lot of leaders of the church. But there's a lot of good doctors that have contradicted him and they've paid the price. They've been deplatformed. Some of them have been, been fired. You have uh, former military physicians in the Soviet Union that have spoken out against them. Dr. Zev Zelenko, rest in peace, spoken out against them, against Fauci. Dr. Peter McCullough, Dr. Robert Malone, Dr. Brian Bridal, Dr. Christina Parks, Dr. Shankara Shetty, Dr. Jane Ruby. I mean, the list goes on and on. There's doctors, so many, hundreds of doctors, if not thousands, that have said that Fauci mishandled this whole thing. Fauci stood to make a lot of money, which he did. Money's always the motive. COVID is now, think about it. COVID became an industry unto itself with the jabs and the pills and the tests and the needles and, uh, and, and the boosters and their supply in other countries. It's a never ending revenue stream. And guess what we see here? We see the worst of corporate crony capitalism because you see the public and private partnership they need to keep the illusion of a pandemic going because they're both making tons of money. That's a wrap. I hear the music. My name is Jesse Romero. You've been listening to the Terry and Jesse show. We'll see you next week. Same Christ time, same Christ channel. Remember, do not be afraid. Pray, hope, and don't worry. Worry is useless. God is merciful. God will hear your prayer. Live in a state of grace. Don't live in a state of mortal sin. And remember that the Terry and Jesse show we're putting the spotlight of truth upon this culture of death. We're going to keep firing missiles of truth against the walls of lies. God bless you. And remember, pray America great again. 